I remember as a teenager uh, developing a couple of pen pals. One pen pal in particular that I remember the earliest that I had was with a girl in Brooklyn, New York, whose parents my parents had met in Florida and whose family came in the summertime to visit because they came to Niagara Falls. And I met this girl whose name is long gone. I'm, I can't remember. But we established a pen pal ship and we sent letters back and forth. And I was invited to go to New York to visit at Christmas time. It was very, uh, showed a lot of respect for me and a lot of trust in me that my parents actually allowed me to go on my own. I was all of 14. They put me on a train that took off from Welland, Ontario and ended up at Grand Central Station in New York City where I was met. And I was there, I think I was there for two weeks. I'm pretty sure that's how long I was there. And I remember very clearly having a discussion one day at, at, the, at the table over a meal and the family asking me about life in an igloo and what life was like in the cold all the time. And I had to point out to them that the climate in Niagara was very much like the climate in New York City and that we hardly had anything like what they were thinking about. That igloos and living like that in an, in an ice house was restricted to way, way north of the Arctic Circle. I'm opening with that because it points out how naive so many of us are about the world around us and why that naivete leads to problems in the world even today. We've been seeing what happens when people feel like the world passes them by and they want to rebel. We also see what happens when a power in Europe or straddling the Europe-Asia divide, thinks that they can just walk in and take over another country because in the past, that's what they did. So many problems in the world today exist because the rest of the world doesn't know anything about the world. That was why when I was teaching and I first became involved in the use of technology, I was attracted to the idea of global collaborative projects. In the, from the very earliest days of what used to be called the World Wide Web, you saw in certain news groups teachers looking for classrooms to buddy with to exchange ideas, to exchange stories, to exchange information about. 
there were global collaborative projects that were students receiving information and looking at a webcam of people working at the bottom of the ocean or in a space capsule because along with the internet came wireless technology and digital encoding and all of that over time which now actually is more like 30 years over the last 30 years this idea of collaborative global projects or global collaborative projects however you want to refer to them has only become more important and social networking has contributed greatly to the spread of this idea sadly in schools there is a limit to what a lot of teachers will do because they're afraid of the security in the early days when i was trying to encourage my students using their non-pentium chip internetworked computers to go online we had all the issues of kids that were browsing and going to the wrong sites and kids that were doing things online that they couldn't and that made a lot of teachers very reticent about getting involved in these global um, projects but a lot of that can be overcome it's important though to think about what a global project does for students imagine if you're a classroom teacher in southern ontario and you arrange for a global internet project where you connect with your students to a classroom in south asia in the old days we had to worry about how much kids understood the language and how the language limited collaboration but english is the global language and you can find classrooms where kids are learning english and so there can be writing back and forth you can go online to newspapers from anywhere in the world and find links that would help you to learn a foreign language by dialoguing with other people and so that's another global collaborative project being online or being with a group now even more so because of zoom but being online and looking at people and sharing ideas at the end of the day the relationships we have with other people begins with you and i that's a cliche but it's so very true you and i just like when i was in new york visiting with this girl and she had to learn that and her family along with her that i didn't live in an igloo that canada 
to a very large extent, is very much like the United States. It's hard to believe, but I have a friend who I have made through social networking who, when I send him email, he'll will it will talk about um, politics and he'll tell me things that are happening in the United States and I have to say to him but I read the New York Times every day and I know exactly the same things you know he will talk about we'll talk about a winter storm or exchange ideas about a winter storm and he'll say of course you didn't have this and I'd say, oh yes, I had the same storm. We had the same storm you did. Just it was a different, different times and maybe different amounts of snow or rain or whatever, but the same idea. And that's another indication of why global education is so, so very important. The kids today that are in school despite what we read in the newspapers and despite the dangers of a war in Europe right now, over time, globalism is only going to get more important. The world that was portrayed in, in uh, some of the space movies like Dune, which we watched last night, Dune and uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey and the Star Wars and Star Trek that's maybe beyond my generation and your generation but not so far-fetched for a couple of generations down the road nobody can predict what we're going to know about the world around us and the the uh, universe a hundred years from now and globally we are only going to become a smaller and smaller planet God willing will solve the problems of climate change but I'm going to bet that by working together to solve climate change we only bring the globe closer together. Think about the global climate change conferences. People from all over the world dressing the same, interested in the same kinds of music Some at some point, not all the same. It's like a bunch of circles. You have the English circle and the French circle and the Cambodian circle and the the Vietnamese circle and the Indian circle and the Australian circle and then they overlap those circles and then you have the whole group of circles overlapping in the middle where everybody shares the same interests that's only going to get bigger over time and part of what we see around the world today is caused because of those circles getting smaller more and more people being aware of and interested in the world around them and the global challenges we confront 
being able to deal with those global challenges and being able to understand them once again begins with you and me. Begins with us understanding that wherever in the world we live, we're very much alike. We're more alike than we are different and those similarities are only getting bigger. Sorry, I didn't mean it. Those similarities are only getting fewer and fewer. That's what I meant. We owe it as classroom teachers and parents to help our children see the world for what it is and see the people around the world for what they are and help them understand in so many different ways by pen pals, by diversity um, of books in the library, of fairs in which there are foods from all over the world and people who learn about the cultures from all over the world <coughs> and where their families came from so that at the end of the day they see not the differences but the similarities. That's what global education is about and that's why it's important. 